Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Curse with the Gap. Yes, I changed the name as of yesterday. Um, episode two. And I think we're going to call this one Contradict Me Not. Um, where I will be talking with Andy Rasman, a uh, pastor in training at a Lutheran church. He'll give you the deets soon. Where we basically both uh, sit down and discuss how, well, my side being that the different religions all have truths and things about life and the, uh, I guess, afterlife that are, are, are true and can give indication to what to expect. And in his case, only Christianity has the answers and all the other religions that exist are false. Um, this is unedited. I haven't, I haven't edited anything. So what you're hearing is just raw. It's straight as it is. I didn't really come with a script. Um, but it's really good. I, I enjoyed it. I listened to the whole thing and I think you'll enjoy it. Definitely. Um, definitely be listening and come with questions. Hit me up. I'll I'll leave my, uh, contact info in the end. And, um, enjoy. Hey, my name is Andy Rasman, and I have a website called contradictmovement.org, and I go to college campuses to start religious conversations. I'm concerned about truth and what truth is concerning God and God's disposition towards us, and I've met Elijah here last week, and he's come back to talk again. I also uh, am a pastor in training at Oak Road Lutheran Church in Lilburn, Georgia. Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool. Hello, man. All right. Um, so we're talking about that, though. Yeah. Okay, we're good. Gonna, so gonna... I at least know what hopefully that's about. Yeah. <laughs> at least. Uh... So I want to... In the beginning, you have here, like, first paragraph where it's saying that uh, you coexisting is all right and um, living together without peace and hating each other or physically harming each other over differences in race, culture, sexual orientation, political views, or religious uh, beliefs, uh, we've got to have tolerance for it. But in the tolerance, not everything can be true. Right. Okay. Uh, I think it's implied by the word tolerate. Tolerate, okay. right? Like you, you have to tolerate a difference, mm-hmm. and sometimes it can be. If, if it's something extreme, you do have to tolerate it, right? You know, so that's yeah. Okay, um, so in this in this first paragraph here, I just wanted they can't all be true. Mm-hmm. I would say they 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 are all pretty much the same. They mm-hmm. come with a lot of different similarities. Mm-hmm. Uh, the religions you have listed are Hinduism, Buddhism, Christianity. Uh, Islam, Judaism, and I think that's about it. I'm guessing it's all religions, though, not just these listed. Yeah. Okay. I think uh, the ones you named are the... Judaism is not, but the other four are the top four dominant in terms of number of followers Mm -hmm. in the world. So that's kind of why I stuck with those four in Judaism because of its connection to Islam and Christianity. Yeah. That makes sense. So that's why I focus there, because you can get off into many religions. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, so my thing is, 
I think uh, if you frame any of these properly, they all kind of say different things, but a lot of times they're, they're very similar mm. um, and they have their own nuances uh, of certain things, normally semantics, maybe specific uh, traditions and sacrifices that you have to do, uh, relig uh, or what is it called, holidays? Mm. <laughs> But the holy days. The holy days. Yeah. <laughs> but I think uh, if you if you frame it a uh, religion properly, yeah. the kind of it kind of this is the right way to do it. But if you take away the framing part of it, I mean, most religions I don't think are like, hey, you need to be a bad person. I don't think someone from uh, the Islam faith would see a Christian and be like, yeah, they're bad people because you know their religion tells them to do bad things that we don't believe in. When I think a lot of the times, the moral grounds are a lot of the times the same. Would you agree or not? Um, I don't entirely disagree with that at all. No, there's this little semantics I may want to deal with, like in Hinduism. I mean, sometimes you get some splits with them with the untouchables. You're familiar with them. Yeah. I mean, and there are people that would now say the untouchables that was never part of Hinduism, and it's like, well, I look at the history, and it's a part of Hinduism. <laughs> You know, in, in many parts of India, it still is that way. I've never been to India. Just doing my, you know, YouTube surfing, I can see a lot of videos that still support, as well as I know some people have gone to India, um, that still support, that still say that this untouchability is still a massive problem where the untouchables are essentially subhuman hmm. um, by belief. Um, so that whole caste system. So I think there, I don't know how that religion would address America because it emerged in this time where it was just like the right. subcontinent. So I, I, I feel like in the modern day Hinduism, it all falls apart. Yeah. But I think that would be an example of I don't think all these religions necessarily look at people and go, all's cool with you. Okay. You know, in this life even. Right. You know? I would say I'll, it, it, the reason being that not everybody's cool. But for like, the most part, I'm on page with you. Okay. Most, I've, I've met Hindus. Mm -hmm. I've met Muslims. I've shared meals with people of other religions. Uh, and we can get along and, you know, yeah. Okay. Typically have such sharp division on the one-on-one -on -one level, at least. Again, okay. oh, oh, yeah. On an individual level, I definitely agree. I can find pictures of the president of Iran yelling death to America and death to Israel and hordes of people repeating it yeah. you know and it's grounded in their religious beliefs when they say such things so but the individual muslim in america i've met i've never felt animosity from them you know okay. at all and I've, I've eaten in a lot of muslim restaurants in china hmm. and th those are my favorite restaurants the muslim restaurants in china <laughs> interesting <laughs> yeah. okay um great people all right i'm just gonna move it down to yeah. uh religious contradictions mm -hmm. so the first one is uh reincarnation which is something that is believed in hinduism and buddhism uh mm -hmm. it, that contradicts the belief that this life is the only life you live uh before or life before eternity which is believed in christianity judaism and islam i'd say um they're not that this is one of those um nuances and semantics or whatever where it's not they're not different in the fact that going to heaven in its own right, I would say, is uh, reincarnation in a way. Just you, you leave this body and you go to a new one. And maybe it's not uh, the same type of like physical body, but it, there's no death, essentially. There's no like eternal death in both religions. Um, uh, 
talking about Hinduism and Buddhism? Yeah, or Hinduism and Buddhism. But I think you would say there is eternal death in uh, the Abrahamic religions listed there, right? No, because uh, you die and then you go to heaven. So you're back Not to Not everyone does. Or, I mean, you go back. You, you so there would be eternal death. Yeah. Islam doesn't, and Christianity and Judaism, they don't teach reincarnation. You die and then your soul would go to be with the Lord or go to the prison. Right, but I mean, even in either one of those cases, you're alive. You may not have a physical body, but there is still some form of consciousness or... Yes, I would agree there's consciousness. Which I would say is, a, in, a, in a way, a form of reincarnation. It's just in Hinduism and Buddhism, there's more steps to it because you have to kind of increase each reincarnation until you get to that point where you escape the will of samsara which is i guess ideal heaven for them Mm -hmm. yeah um you would only have one new body in christianity okay so when christ returns the teaching is that he will raise all the dead um and anyone living would be transformed to have a new body uh, but that new body would be either then cast into hell or go to be with him forever in paradise or heaven so, so I, I mean, that, that, that would be two bodies it's not many multiple bodies across the span of many generations and like you said it's not like uh, in Hinduism you said that you get a new physical body but it could be a different physical body so they do believe you could come back as an animal mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's vastly different. Uh, in Christianity, uh, spirit and body is human. So you are both body and spirit. And it's and your body is not a dog's body or any other type of physical body. Right. You, you have a human body and a human soul. And your human soul won't go into be a different animal. And so we are, as people, completely set apart from the rest of the animal kingdom. Because we were made in the image of God. Okay. But animals weren't. And so we do represent God here in the world. I mean, I think this is one of the big slaps against evolution. Christianity definitely explains how we are so far advanced and different from everything else in the world, which I would call creation. How, How would you say we're different? Like, where do you find We're the created differences? in the image of God. And we have moral responsibility okay. to each other and to God. We're held accountable for our actions before God. Um, we have relational capabilities, communicative capabilities, creative capabilities that is found nowhere else. Now, you can find glimpses of it. Yeah, I can find some animals that can build some really cool nests and little homes but it pales to compare to everything you and I are looking at right now. Yeah. They can't even become close to managing what we do. And then we can even, the, the, our gardening capabilities, our growing capabilities, the way we can actually take animals that are many different types of animals and raise them and breed them and eat them. And I mean, no other animal is even light years close to us. I mean, so in terms of evolution, somehow we jumped ahead of everyone else by like billions of years. Okay. You know, like even the strongest, fastest animals, like we can take out, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> because we have a mind that is mm-hmm. above. And so God put us here essentially to be his image bearers, to represent in a way um, him 
in the world. Okay. Does that make sense? And he put us here in that role to take care of the world just as he takes care of the world. Would you say we were taking care of the world? Yeah, in many ways, we're taking care of things. Um, or are we doing more damage than we are good, though? Oh, I'm sure we can say we're doing more damage than good, which I think also the Bible can help explain, too. Okay. Because of um, sin, not doing things the way he's, he wanted. And a lot of the problems in the world, too, are a result of um, God essentially damning the world. Okay. Once sin entered. You know, like a nice car. Mm -hmm. If you had a super nice car and someone scratched it, you'd probably curse. God yep. made a perfect world, and Adam and Eve wrecked it. And God said, damn it. Yeah. And the world is damned. But God being God is <laughs> going to recreate and bring a new world. Um, and he's going to usher in um, people that want to go his way and have faith in him and recognize that they are flawed, that they are evil people doers and that they need God to forgive them and he's going to make a way for them to have eternal life with a new body so I, I see that being far different from reincarnation and their whole scheme okay okay and I think we'll pick that up on some of the other ones listed there maybe maybe all right so the next one is um pantheism which is in Hinduism which contradicts the belief that there is only one transcendent God which is in Christianity Judaism and Islam and both of these beliefs contradict the belief that there is no God. Um, mm -hmm. Theravada, Buddhism, and atheism. Uh, well, uh, like we mentioned last week, uh, in the gen in Genesis, if, if you're reading it in um, the Hebrew language, it, there's a specific sp there are specific spots where they say Elohim versus Yahweh or Creator or um, L, so there's a little g, big g, where they're meaning uh, plural as a multiple gods. So uh, in the beginning, there were the Elohim, um, which means more than one god. There were gods, uh, which is in Christianity and Judaism. I don't know as much for Islam. Yeah, but they would just, probably say. Well, it's funny, even Christi even in Islam, when the Quran, if I recall correctly. I haven't read the Quran much, but I believe Allah even speaks of himself in the plural, which I find fascinating. Interesting. Even though he's one. It's just like, it makes no sense, like, why that would work in Islam. But it would make sense because he's, as Muhammad is essentially copying Christianity and Islam. Or, I mean, Christianity and Judaism. So to me, it makes sense why they would have that. But. So, I mean, so even, all right, in the Christian faith, then, why is there, why is there that plurality, though? Because God exists as three divine persons who all share in the same divine essence um, and that's not spelled out blow by blow in scripture um, but when you read through the Bible you can see verses that indicate the Lord is one um, you can see verses that say apart from me there's none like me but then you can see verses where the Father is God Jesus is God and the Holy Spirit is God and you can see times where all three are there present at the same time um, the big baptismal rite in Christianity you're baptized in the name of the Father Son and Holy Spirit it's a singular name yet three persons so it's not baptized in the names right it's the mm -hmm. name so it's the triune Lord so it's it's three persons that have unity um, and this unity comes from their all three not created, not made. They're all three 
equal in power and majesty. Um, so one is not stronger than the other. One is not before the other. The before the other comes solely in rank or role. And by that, I mean one is father, one is son, one is spirit. And okay. so by role, son would be lesser in role. But he's not lesser at all in terms of divinity. And then lesser in role in the sense that he's the one that died for um, the sins of the world. Okay. But in Hinduism, I wouldn't say um, Brahma, Vishnu, or Shiva. None of them are. There's no one's more divine than the other. It's more of a role thing. They all have to play their role in yeah. the continuation of okay existence. So... Yeah, I don't, I don't know all the minutia there. I know that's called the trimurti, which is triple form. So that's the thing I would make a distinction on. It's a form instead of a person. And so the form, um, from my understanding of Hinduism, not an expert, where we all are technically God. That's said pantheism. And some people would argue it's pantheism. And I'm not an expert to distinguish those two. I just like to muddy it and call them all pantheism. Okay. Um, but... Uh, so I think the panentheism, God is transcendent in Hinduism, but somehow then God is, um, everything here is God, right? So you can transcend everything here to some higher consciousness. And I don't want to get into all that because I don't know all the details. Mm -hmm. um, but from my understanding, if everyone is God, then these so-called gods in Hinduism, are they more divine than you and me? I don't know what the Hindu would say. You may have to talk to individual Hindus because from my understanding... They don't really have a good written-out doctrine. Right. Like in Christianity, you can go to the Roman Catholics, and you can find all their doctrines. It's written here. This is what the church confesses. I'm Lutheran. You can find exactly what Lutherans confess mm -hmm. by going to our confessions. And so if you're a Lutheran, you should be confessing what the Lutheran church is defined as. This is what we believe to be an accurate exposition of Scripture, of what's in the Bible. And so that I'm aware of, Hinduism doesn't really have a solid creed or doctrinal like confession so okay. you could probably get a lot of different answers like but does that make sense like it does but so i think i would be a form of god just as you would be a form of god within hinduism i think the form is just like um the image of god where you are in that form like the image form i would say we're about okay. the same thing um and then also the, the three the, the trinity and the trimurti i mean Neither in neither cases are any of them more divine than others. They have their role mm -hmm. in which one comes before the other one. So okay. I mean, you have to have a creation before you can have a destruction or have Vishnu come in and maintain anything. You have to have there are the roles that they play. Mm -hmm. But like there isn't like oh, but the destructor god Shiva is more powerful than the creator god Brahma, mm -hmm. or you know vice versa. Just as there is in the Trinity. Yeah, yeah, and they, they each have a different role. Yeah, they each yeah, have yeah. different roles, but I don't think yep. there's much of a contradiction. Yeah, I I, if, if that, yeah, I think that is fair to say for the Trinity then. But the difference would be the, the three persons of the Trinity are not one with everything. Okay. You know, they are not of the same essence as everything else. They're they're the only three that have that divine essence. Does it say anywhere in the Bible uh, that Jesus is in, in, in everyone? Is in everyone? Mm -hmm. No, doesn't no. say that. Does it say that it's in anyone? Like Jesus? I am in Christ. Okay. 
or this of the Holy Spirit. In Christ, yeah, the Holy Spirit dwells within believers. Okay. And so that's uh, that's the image moving from Judaism with the temple, where God's glory dwelt, to now the temple being the body of believers. Okay. So yeah, that would be. Yeah, but that isn't a. In, that isn't me becoming God, and there's still a distinction between the Holy Spirit and me and me. Okay. Yeah, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the next one here is uh, salvation from sin, which is in Christ- Christianity contradicts the belief that there is no sin to be saved from, but simply pain that can be escaped through enlightenment. Buddhism. Uh, and, and Christianity. So, so can you explain that actually? Uh, the salvation from sin one. Salvation from sin. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the word sin um, means missing the mark. It's an archery term, and so the mark is God's standard for us. What God wills for His creation, we've missed that mark or standard. Um, so by missing that marker standard, it goes back to, like I said before, God created this perfect world. Adam and Eve mucked it up by not obeying God and his commandments. Um, obviously, you got Satan in the picture, too. So there's, there's a whole long, complicated narrative um, to have to walk through. Um, but God, because of their disobedience to him, set, a, set in motion curses to them ground would be cursed, our labor would be cursed, childbearing would be cursed for the woman, all of creation was cursed, the animals are listed as being cursed there. Before that sin, there was no death in the world, that of course flies in the face of uh, evolution and this, the, those types of concepts. Um, so the world is now subject to death and decay, where before it wasn't. And so in the sin nature, um, the ultimate penalty is death. Death comes first spiritually, so you're spiritually dead. Um, in spiritual death, you are not able to bring yourself to spiritual life. This is something that God does working through his promises. So when I say to you, God loves you, God has done everything for you to be saved, um, you're a sinner and deserve death, but God loves you despite that. And he sent his son to take the penalty you deserve so that you can have eternal life. Speaking those words, the Holy Spirit, if he chooses, can work through those words to, to bring you to spiritual life. Okay, um, So there's a spiritual blindness or death um, that we have to, that we can't overcome. God has to make us alive through the message of his son Christ. Then there's physical death, which is the other penalty, and we're all going to face physical death. Um, but that's because um, the, sin, the sin, the missing the mark, we are now no longer as God created us. So we, are now, we now have this propensity to sin and with spiritual death, and that's passed on from person to person. So we all are bent to sin. So we all cannot, I, I cannot not sin. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I'm wired to do that. And so I can't stop sinning. I can't stop doing the things that are against God. That's okay. by nature who I am, a sinner, someone that is fallen from God's standard. And so to save me from that state is what Jesus does. Um, and he takes the penalty 
that I deserve, which is the third type of death, eternal death. And so he takes eternal death. Um, okay. And ask, I, don't, I can't explain to you how him dying on a cross for three hours um, somehow can equate to taking the same punishment I deserve of eternal death. But he is God. And there are, and he can do things that I, I I can't do. So he took the full penalty that I deserve upon himself, and God allowed that in His system of justice, where there can be substitution, where someone innocent can step in for someone guilty, as long as they're willing to do it. And Jesus was willing; he stepped in for all of humanity. And so God, the Son, the eternally begotten Son, died on the cross for our sins. And so. Um, He's promised to come back to raise everyone back to life, as I mentioned earlier. And when he does, um, those that have faith in him, he'll usher into an eternal new home. Um, but with that new body, we won't have that sinful nature anymore, that evil nature. So I will be able to be um, to live out his will, unlike I'm able to now. Okay, so how is that different from uh, the belief in Buddhism? Um, Buddhism, there is no such thing as sin. In terms of how I defined it as missing the mark of God's will for creation, falling short of God's will for creation, or breaking his laws. Um, because in Buddhism, there is no creator God that has a will for all of his creation. Um, and there is no creator God that has spoken to say, you have broken my will, and the penalty is death. There is just a cycle of reincarnation, and that cycle itself is painful because life is suffering in Buddhism. Oh, I mean, okay, so there, there, life is suffering. Wouldn't it's one of the four mm, noble truths, right? Um, that that's something that that happened after Adam and Eve kind of were cursed within, the curse, within something Christianity, yes, but not Buddhism. Right, but in both cases, life currently now is suffering. Like you, you're going to suffer because does it? There's not nothing in Buddhism that really gives um, the origins of why. But I mean, in Christianity, the origins of why that happens is because of what happened in the Garden of Eden, and then now we suffer. Um, I don't know if I feel a hundred percent comfortable saying that life is suffering in Christianity because in Buddhism, like strict Buddhism, a lot of people understand nirvana to be blowing out or a ceasing to exist, entering into unconsciousness, as we talked about before, within Christianity there is um, an eternal consciousness in, in hell or heaven. Um, and so I think that would be another one of those contradictions. Uh, some Buddhists, at least Theravada Buddhism, from what I understand, which is the more conservative traditional Buddhism, mm -hmm. does seek this non-existence because life itself is suffering. Right. Um, and so that's the end goal, to cease. Um, and so I, within Christianity, life itself, I wouldn't say is suffering, but suffering is an a part of life because we live in a fallen world All right. and so Jesus has come to give life and to give life abundantly uh, but then there is a thief which comes to steal kill and destroy and the thief would be Satan and would be our own sinfulness 
So I mean, if we if we can't escape sin while living, wouldn't wouldn't that mean that inherently life once you're born you are going you are bound to suffer? Yeah, that's life true. Life itself is suffering. I wouldn't say life itself is, or parts of life are suffering because you sin. I'm uh, completely fine with that. Okay, completely fine. With that. And that may be what you're calling semantics. Yeah, that that right there is what I mean. But I think there's more to life than just suffering. I don't know if the Buddha ever said that. I think uh, in in the Buddhist uh, faith, there was more of like... The goal is to get to no life. Yeah. And that's not Christianity at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, in a way, I'd say it could be. I mean, not, again, more of a semantic thing, but like your goal is to get into heaven to be back with God and I mean if you're if you're eternally living without your body I mean are you living in the same idea or the same way that you are living now with like the same uh, in my eternity yeah in eternity no I won't have any of the restraints that I have now and I won't have the simple nature that I have now for for eternity so I would say then you've you've died from this current living there was the death of this now living that is no longer the same as like your new life and eternity. Like they're not the same thing. It was kind of an end of this one and a beginning of this new one. Would you agree or not? There's an end. Yeah, your your physical body, you, you die. Yeah, my physical body dies. There's that ending, yeah. and then there's this now. You you are uh, you are reborn again, almost. Not no. I, I wouldn't use the term reborn, but. Um, I prefer the term recreated. Okay. But the uh, the soul, I as I said earlier, we are both body and soul. Mm-hmm. So when I die, technically I am not fully me. I am disjointed until Christ returns, in which case my soul will be reunited with my new body that He will raise from the raise from the ground. And it's and then I am the new person. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I mean. So, I mean, even even body. in heaven, I won't. If, when I die, my soul will go be with the Lord, but at that moment, I will not fully be me because I'm I'm a body and soul. But I won't be in pain, and mm-hmm. I won't be in suffering, and I won't have sin in that moment. So because you, the sinful nature has been put to death when, at that physical death. Are you, so that that's my point. Are you alive? If if you're in yeah, this, it's alive. My spirit's alive. Your spirit's alive, but like. You, like you said, you as a body and a soul. Mm. Are, you, once you separate that body from the soul, you are no longer you, the same you. So it's like you've you've died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would still be me, but I'm not my complete me. Okay. Just as right now, you and I are not who God created us past tense to be. Okay. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. This wasn't his intended plan. You could even argue at the moment I'm in a way less than human. Because I'm not the way God created me to be. Yeah. I wasn't made to be a sinner, neither were you. I wasn't made to suffer and die, neither were you. It's not the intent behind God and his creation. But that's what hence he's going to have to recreate mm-hmm. and make a new heaven and a new earth. Um, for his children. Okay. Which would be those that believe in his son, Jesus. Uh, this next one is... Jesus Christ being the incarnate uh, Son of God, this is in Christianity, which cr- contradicts the teachings that he was just a prophet. 
um, in Islam, or he was a false prophet in Judaism. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 that one's straightforward, right? Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. It's a pretty <laughs> You're straightforward. Not gonna argue one. that one, I don't think, right? There's, there's. Oh, actually, I will. But, yeah, okay. I knew uh, you would. I was just trying to. <laughs> but there are. Um, it's agreed that those definitely contradict each other in each way, but my thing is, I've uh, all of them view him as a real person. They yeah. all say he's a real person. They all just come from different. Like that's the agreement that they yeah. all make that he was a real human being right. that existed. But there was Amen. difference in a perspective. Um, and the only way I can explain this is, let's say you have like 10 people come in. And you, you tell them to look at this elephant. But you all get a different perspective of what an elephant is. Uh-huh. Somebody's at the bottom view of an elephant. Someone's the back view, front view, side view, yeah. top view. Mm-hmm. And they're asked to draw the elephant. And then when everybody draws the elephant, one person from the bottom view's only got like, you know, four circles and an oval in the middle. The back view is just a tail and a butt. The front view is just the face of an elephant, but all of them are different. But if they all come together and say, this is an elephant, oh, no, this is an elephant. Oh, no, this is an elephant. Everyone's kind of going against one another. And, and what you, it, when you put the whole picture together, you find out, like, oh, all of them are the elephant. They're just different perspectives of this ele- elephant. And I would say that's, that's how uh, these three religions, Christianity, Islam, and Judaism, kind of come about doing Jesus is like they come from different perspectives, different walks of life, and they see Jesus differently. But I don't think any of them are wrong necessarily. It's just it's just a difference in perspective. I don't think anyone's perspective is inherently wrong. Yeah. Because it's not like they themselves are like, yeah, I know I'm being wrong. I know this isn't true. So I'm going to come into it and lie. I, I think they're all coming into it in, in an honest way. It's just their perspective of it was is different. Yeah, I hear you. Um, how do you know it's an elephant? Uh, someone told you it's an elephant. So someone was able to see the whole picture. Someone was able, yes. Someone was able to see the whole picture, and they showed people who. Uh, yeah. So someone knew it was an elephant. Right. So how do you know someone doesn't know the full picture and the correct answer concerning Jesus? Uh, because you have. Three Are you different... the one that knows that? No. I never claimed to know it, but I mean, like I said, everyone viewed him as a person. Well, you know, all three of those religions somehow have it wrong. They're all seeing a different perspective. You you have a full perspective of um, who he is to say he's the elephant? No. No. So you, so you could be wrong in what you're saying. Of course. Okay, so... All right, so you could be wrong. That's that's a good start, um, I would think, yeah. <laughs> in, in this, because you're not claiming to have ultimate knowledge of who God is then. Correct. Or not God, but just Jesus alone. So, okay, so Jesus. So, um, but in those three then, one of them could easily have the correct answer. That all three of those would have to be wrong based on your analogy. Correct. Or partially right. Or they'll all have to be partially right. And in the rightness you're saying is that he actually existed. Yeah. That's There's it. that partial rightness there. Is the but in terms of who he actually was in his delivery of message and content, mm-hmm. they all three would be wrong. Yes. Okay? So the question is, how do you know that? How would you know that they're all wrong? You already said you could be wrong about that, so one of them could be right. How would I know? I, the only way I would know is that I, I would believe that in all three faiths, none of them are being facetious and trying to, like, lie they're being sincere yeah everyone's being sincere okay so you know you can be sincerely wrong (laughs) you know so 
just because you're being sincere or not, it doesn't answer the truth question. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I think you have to look at these three and go, who is right? Islam, we got a guy coming around almost 600 years after Jesus of Nazareth walked the earth. And he's saying things that completely contradict all the earliest historical documentation about him. Why would I trust him? Okay. Why? Like, why, why, why does he have a more, more accurate view than the people that walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus, touched Jesus, lived with him for three years, saw the miracles firsthand? John testifies to say he saw him die on the cross. Just like, they saw um, him back from the dead. They know that where the empty tomb is. I mean, this is all good news that shows us who God is and that God loves us and he doesn't want to just damn us and that he's not like the God of Islam where he's just arbitrarily going to judge everyone. Do you have more good deeds than bad deeds? And if you have more good, you get into my eternal heaven. If you have less, if you don't have as many good deeds, you go, go to hell. It's like, okay what happens to the evil deeds they just get erased you know like none of that to me jives when they look at jesus and go he didn't even die on a cross okay i thought that was rather like firm that he died on a cross they go oh well someone died on a cross but allah god made that person to look like jesus so allah is a trickster and let people be led astray for 600 years until muhammad came along i mean none of it None of it fits, you know. And then if you go to the Old Testament, it's very clear that the Messiah, the promised one, was to suffer and die for the sins of the world. Um, and there are things in there that you can look at and just go, yeah, that, that was going to happen. And Jesus fulfills all that. But Islam comes along. The, the Jews just reject that, <laughs> right? But I'll go. It because they're looking at the promises that are going to take place when he returns. Judaism comes before Christianity. Absolutely. The line of things. So, I mean, theirs was first. So why is it that th their perspective of Jesus came before the Christians' perspective of oh, Jesus? Oh, yeah. Well, their perspective of the Messiah or mm -hmm. the promised right. anointed one, right? And the anointed ones were anointed uh, means putting oil on people. Mm -hmm. And the people that had oil put on them were the kings, the prophets, and the priests in ancient Israel. And so Jesus being the Messiah, the anointed one, which is also Christ, anointed one, he is the prophet, priest, and king who fulfills all three offices. And so they had prophecies that they recognized were going to be the coming Messiah, and Jesus fulfills those prophecies. The Jews at the time rejected those, and Jews today still reject those. Not all do. There are Jews that mm -hmm. are now called Messianic Jews. They look, they grew up in the Jewish tradition, and they see their scripture, and they see the the holy days that they were given, and they see how they all point to and are fulfilled in Jesus of Nazareth. And so now they're they consider themselves Messianic Jews, meaning they believe the Messiah has right. already come and that he's Jesus. And so Christians, in many ways, are Jews in the sense of their sons and daughters of Abraham by faith, which is something that the New Testament talks about, that those who are the children of the promise given to Abraham um, are those that have the same faith as Abraham, not have the same bloodline. Okay. And so many Jews are wrapped up in the bloodline, and uh, Islam, like I said, it comes way after. 
And so I look at the the person of Jesus. Did he do the things he, he that scripture, the biographers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John record that he did? And they were eyewitnesses. Mark wrote based on Peter's testimony. We don't know that from reading Mark, but you go outside the Bible, you know Mark was the interpreter and com- travel companion of Peter, and he wrote Peter's gospel after Peter died to make sure it was preserved. Luke, he starts his gospel by saying, I've spoken with as many witnesses as I can, those that have been around from the beginning concerning Jesus. And so that's why you get a lot of the early life of Jesus in Luke too. But he made an accurate account. They give many specific details that you wouldn't give if you're making the story up. And so they were willing to die for that message and did die for that message. And so I trust them over Muhammad, which was a warlord and had many wives. Um, said guys can have four wives. Well, that goes completely against the narrative of man and wife as God designed, you know? And so there's so many things that go against the will of God for his creation in Islam. Um, you have to have two women to equal the testimony of one man. Like, that's why you get these rape cases. Well, you can't really do anything, I mean, right? in the Old Testament, uh, plenty of, plenty of, like, big yep. figures had multiple and wives. And it was, um, Abraham himself and had multiple wives. always turned out to be a train wreck. As anyone who's married as a man knows, it's going to be a train wreck. You try to get more than one wife. And it always turned out that way. It, and they favored one one wife's kids over another wife's kids. So now there's jealousy amongst them. And there's there's wars and factions. and um, it, it just goes against it. I mean, even without the, the multiple mm-hmm. wives, you still have factions and in-sibling rivalries. Mm-hmm. Cain and Abel was a big one. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Abraham, you know, which all these religions spawn from, I mean, they're, that, that head there, he had four wives, made the 12 tribes of Israel and everything, but, um, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this is, um, it's fully corrected in the New Testament. So there, so are you saying the Bible will cor- No, it was itself. never condoned. It was never like, hey, this is, uh, this is how it should be. Okay. Genesis, uh. One through three makes it very clear that man should take a wife and the two should become one flesh. And okay. it just is a shipwreck anytime you do anything elsewise in Scripture. All right. Um, that, that's why you, I would go with Christianity, though, because you look at the people that wrote about Jesus knew Jesus personally. They walked with him. And they were willing to die for their message. And they were eyewitnesses. So they would know if what they were saying was a lie. They weren't trying to get money. They weren't getting earthly power and authority from it. They were just getting beaten and thrown in jail and killed by those that did have earthly authority. And they weren't getting rich off it. You make up religions, you get those people get rich. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you look at Muhammad, that's, 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 what, it, that's what he was doing. Um, and now, this wouldn't make it true. But if you look at those three... Christianity lets you know that God does love you and that God has revealed himself to you and that you don't have to only see one piece of the elephant, one perspective, because the whole enchilada has come down to you and revealed himself to you. And so the analogy you usually give, I've heard more, is blind men. That's why they only see one part of the elephant, because they're blind and they're only touching one side. But in that story there's a king up above looking down at this activity and he's laughing and he says to him you foolish blind man 
you're all touching the same reality you're touching the elephant so that analogy does fit more in hinduism where everything's one and we all got little subjective pieces and Mm -hmm. we don't realize we're one and so we do have to reach enlightenment right but i think taking in christianity and that when you try to throw in many religions into that perspective there is a word from above that does come down and speaks the ultimate truth and if you if someone wants to say that they know that every religion is just a piece of the elephant that individual to make that claim would have to have the eyes to see the whole elephant and know that each person is only seeing a piece and not the whole but that person if they can make that claim and say that with certainty that that's true and you didn't do that because you said you could be wrong but if that person is to make that claim they essentially would have to be the word from above the transcendent one who would be above humanity but in Christianity, we do know who is above humanity because he's come down to actually be with us humans. Yeah, but what if that it's in itself is just... Made up? More of a perspective. Just a piece of the puzzle. The entire thing. Well, Jesus said he was God or he didn't say he was God. He died for your sins or he didn't. He came back to life from the dead as he said he would or he didn't. Or, or and he, I, and he the did good news is that he believers. did do all that for you. He only did it for the people who believe in him and not everybody oh he did it for everyone he did it for everyone everyone he died for your sins all your sins are paid for you don't have to worry about death are you are you, are you seeking truth is that why you're having this conversation by chance I, I i would hope it is yeah like what what's your what's your like are, are you worried about death no not really why um because you could be wrong and you already said it yeah i mean so if you're wrong what does it mean is going to happen when you die if, if i'm if if I understand Jesus correctly. You get the answer to something. Maybe. But what did you say? Christianity would teach if you're wrong and you've rejected Jesus. Uh, you go to hell. Yeah. And that, and you said, what would that be? Uh, uh, it would be conscious. Yeah. For eternity. Yeah. So you're not worried about being wrong no. on this one? No. It, it, um there's there's a like I said there's a lot of different perspectives of it all and something uh, that was taught in the Buddhist faith is the questions like this like uh, what's happening after death what is what, what where are we gonna go who's the real God the Buddha said these are questions that don't necessarily matter because it's like you can't get the answer to it until you're there and speculating and, and yeah. worrying about it now adds nothing to your character yeah, so you should be worried about what's going on now. Well, and then, uh, I think yeah. that again in all of these religions, there is still that underlying foundation where it's like, hey, look, don't be a bad person, don't don't kill people for no reason, don't harm people for no reason, don't don't be evil or mm-hmm. any subjective idea of evil. Uh, be good, and of course, everyone's perspective of good is different, but it's like be good to what you think is good and. You should be good. But what if everyone thinks something good is different? You have to have an objective standard of right. good. I don't think you do have, you to have, have to have an objective. you have to appeal to God for. There is no need for an objective standard. Why? Only because... Communists think it's great. Yeah. And how many people died because of communism in the 20th century? How many millions upon millions of people died but because they had an ideology thing? that was, like, utterly wrecked? Is, 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 I mean, is death a bad thing? Even in that wrecking... Yes, it is. Um, death is not our friend. Why? Because God created you to have life. 
and sin brings death and pain and well, suffering. How do you know what death is? I know. Have what, you died before? No, but I know someone that has. Jesus. Right. He died. He came back to life. I trust his words. He came back three days after he died, just as he said he would. You know what I'm saying? He did this before, and he said he said he's the son of God. He said he is God. He equated himself to the Father in a way that he is equal to God in divinity. Okay. Okay. So that, uh, so when I say son of God, I don't want to lose it. He's he's equal to God in divinity. Mm-hmm. He is God. And when I say God, then I meant the Father. So he he and the Father are one. They're both fully divine. He claimed, made these claims. He proved these claims. He, he did things no one else could do. He did it publicly for three years. No one's ever refuted it. No one's ever denied it. In, Ju- in the literature of Judaism, we have accounts of them referring to him as uh, doing work of the devil. and the, It's like doing miracles or signs of, from, from the devil. Uh, which is actually what the New Testament says too about him. The people who wrote the biographies of the Jews claim that all the great things he was doing, he did through the power of the devil. Okay, so, but he's like, uh, sorry, I'm not doing things of the devil, I'm doing things of God. Isn't that something that a person from the devil would be able to say because they can lie? Of course they could lie. So, I mean, but he fulfilled all the prophecies, like I said, in the Old Testament that were written about the Messiah, um, which is what he pointed out. He pointed out, hey, I'm, I am the Messiah. I fulfilled these things. I'm going to die for you, for your sins. All those animals that I, you're sacrificing for your sins, I'm going to be the sacrifice once and for all for you. And he did it, and he came back to life. If he didn't come back to life, his, his death would mean nothing. It would be like any other criminal put on a cross to die. But he said the things he did, and he came back to life. And so to me that's good news. That's why I'm here to talk to you, to let you know that Jesus did pay for all of your sins. You say you're not worried about death. I can tell you with certainty you don't have to worry about death. Jesus died for all your sins. Believe in him, and you'll be safe. Okay, but even um, the information that uh, Jesus could have been the devil, or been doing works for the devil, and he's... He's tricked his yeah, yeah. people who wrote about him, you know. Well, he's doing things that are not prescribed as being something that angels can do. Satan is a fallen angel. Mm-hmm. Um, they're spiritual. They don't have physical bodies, although they can appear to have physical bodies because they have appeared to have physical bodies in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was born of a woman. Angels aren't born of women. They aren't. They're not... That's or, not how it or, works. Or he would have been guided by the devil. Also, physical body that would be... Okay, if you want to go that, that, that's a different route. That would be he's a man guided by the devil. And um, then who was tricked to think that he was being guided by God. But he fulfilled all the prophecies Anybody down to where he would be born. You, 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 you can't fulfill where you're going to be born. When the, the prophecy that of his birth was... He, he came from a particular tribe. He came from... Uh, and born in a particular place. That's also it. born of a virgin. Uh, the virgin birth, I mean, uh, Alexander the Great was a person who was considered being born of virgin birth as well. Is he also Jesus or the Son of God? Did he do it? Did he claim to be the transcendent Son of God? No. 
Did he do miracles as Jesus did? Yeah. What did he do? Did he did he die and rise from the dead, no. predicting that he would do that? I mean, G- G- Jesus has everyone under their under under their thumb. Here, let me show you something. So what is this? Who do you think it's about? I'm guessing Jesus. Why? Oh, uh, this is the theme that we're on now. But I mean, it could be about a nation. Translation could be wrong. Um, but you would guess Jesus. Yeah. Also, the theme of the Bible. So. Yeah. But the theme of the Bible for many thousands of years was wasn't about wasn't known to be explicitly about Jesus of Nazareth, you know? Mm-hmm. So a yeah. lot of the things in there... But if framed correctly, if you properly frame things, you can... I could say this about anybody who is talking and speaking and isn't liked, um, that basically goes through a lot of suffering. Anyone who has a Jesus complex, for example, would, would say this is about them bears the sins of everyone yeah and that God placed the sins of everyone the iniquities upon of, of everyone upon him yeah that God placed that upon him and that he was pierced for their sins if I tell you that God God spoke to me and told me that I would have to have all the sins of everyone and that that was my job how could you tell me that I was wrong Because Jesus already did that. He also Let's he also demonstrated that he he also clearly demonstrated that he was God. He walked on water. He fed many people with like a couple a couple fish and a few loaves of bread. He healed the blind. Healed the sick. He drove out demons. Have you seen that? I've seen healings. Did they work? Yeah, I've been healed once. Uh, have you seen healings of, of other people from other religions being healed from their God? No. Well, I have uh, seen other people who do healings and they claim the same as you, um, that they were healed afterwards. How were they healed afterwards? If not by God, by uh, their own God. Can't answer. You've seen it personally? Voodoo ceremonies. Very interesting thing. Um, yeah, I'm I'm open to uh, false signs. Okay. Scripture does talk about that. Like which is what you're you indicated earlier. Could the devil have done this stuff? I think on this one of Jesus, he fulfills everything. And a lot of that one there, we've been talking about. You show it to most people, they would say it's about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And then that was written about 700 years before Jesus. I could, I, I mean, I could say that, that that there was about my dad because my dad is one of the people who have this weird God complex. It's really interesting. Um, yeah. Growing up with that. Uh, so he would have claimed something like this about himself. 
in a way. It wouldn't be like, oh, I'm Jesus, but he... Did anyone believe him? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Did uh, you believe him for a while? Um, it's hard to believe someone who you, you, you can see all sides. Yeah, and so that was, yeah. So that was going to be part of my point on that. When you brought up earlier, this could be anyone. And you said you could claim these things. And I was going to say, like, in terms of uh, if I knew you, I could easily point out probably where you are not an innocent person yourself. You are not a person without sin yourself. Mm -hmm. But the people that walked with Jesus were with him for three years. They would have seen and known. And they would have said, he is sinless. And the people that were his accusers found no fault in him. They could find no fault in him. The reason he was killed was because he claimed to be God, which was blasphemy. Correct. So he got killed for blasphemy. Now, the only reason the Romans went ahead and did it was because, you know, this Jewish province was already prone to a lot of upheaval and uprisings. Um, they were so resistant against um, just the Roman pantheon of the gods and a lot of the practices of the Romans. And so let's, let's appease the Jewish leaders here. They say this guy um, claims to be the king of the Jews. We can get him for insurrection. And then you read through it, and Pontius doesn't even want to do it. You know, he doesn't want to kill. He's like, dude, I don't want to call. I don't want to kill this guy. He, he said his blood's on your hands, basically. Uh, and he washed his hands of it. Yeah, I don't know, man. This is uh, this is where I this is where I stand on it. Okay. I find it interesting that he was pierced for his transgressions here. And it was uh, not something that uh, a cru crucifixion wasn't around yet. I mean, Sorry, interesting point. They made his grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death. Do you know what that points to? He died next to two criminals as a criminal. But do you know whose tomb he was buried in? No. The rich man's tomb. Uh, this Joseph of Arimathea is listed in all four Gospels. And Joseph of Arimathea, um, you can see in the Gospels, is a member of the Sanhedrin, uh, which was part of the Jewish um, ruling class that made the decision that Jesus should be executed. Um, so they all voted that he should be um, uh, executed for blasphemy. But Luke, in his gospel, points out that Joseph of Arimathea was not there at the ruling. And then, so that's kind of a cool thing. It helps explain why Joseph of Arimathea would have been the one to go there to help um, bury Jesus. And it says he's a rich man. And they buried him in his family tomb. And the person that buried him with him was Nicodemus. Do you remember, you remember Nicodemus? A little bit, yeah. So Nicodemus is the person that got to hear John 3.16 for the first time. God so loved the world that he sent his one only son that whoever should believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life and that he sent his son into the world not to condemn the world but to save the world um, so that there is going to be condemnation the world's already condemned right he already said damn it right but he sent his son to save so that so we may look at it and go oh well you're damning people it's like no he came to save the world was already damned um, he could have just started over and wiped everyone out why did God have to send his son to do that to do what? To save the world. Because he's a just God. He can't do what Allah of Islam does. He doesn't just erase the sins. 
I mean, isn't that essentially what Jesus is doing? No, he's paid the full penalty for him. But he's how, paid the full penalty. How does that equate? How is that a balance or just way to do it? I would say it's not a just way. I think it's not fair for that Jesus took all my sins upon himself when he was innocent. But it's the system of law that God has set up, so it's just. In his system of law, he allows substitution. Uh, just like in our laws, it's just as just his, his ruling it his way you know okay where you know if you have more bad deeds than good ones then you're good or you're not good and if you have more good deeds than All right. bad ones you got me there yeah you got me there so um but I would say that what we see in Christianity is true because Jesus rose from the dead but how do you know that I believe his witnesses I believe he fulfilled prophecy from the word of God given. I believe that he uh, walked with these men, and I trust their testimony about him to be true. And I know that it's good news for me, and it's also good news for you, um, that Jesus died for all your sins, so you can have eternal life. I'm sorry, it sounds like you maybe had a rough time with your dad, too, with whatever this complex was, so I'm sorry that you went through whatever that was. Oh, that was very interesting imagine yeah maybe on the other side you can say interesting I don't know but I don't I don't, I don't know how bad it was whatever he had oh it wasn't it wasn't bad it was just it was interesting he was he was one of uh, he was a person also seeking truth um, yeah we've moved around religions a lot in search for it I guess and you're still seeking yeah I, I would say I'm still seeking but I, I've kind of found what I'm looking for is it Buddhism? No, um, it's you kind of. Re- I thought for a moment talking as if that was what you believed. It's a bit of all of them. It's, there's again, there's a lot of overlap each one gives. That uh, yeah, um, you can't. I mean, that can't necessarily be not, you know, pay attention to like that overlap is something that I think is more important than what um, doesn't overlap. You know. Uh, yeah. Well, in terms of is it true, because you asked me that, where I was going with mentioning assigned a grave with a rich man in his death, Joseph of Arimathea is not a character they could have invented in the first century. Because being a member of the Sanhedrin would be like creating a senator today if it wasn't real, didn't even exist. And many of us can't name all our senators. But... um, if anyone wanted to know it, it would have been easily one like, what, there's no sinner with that name? There's no judge with that name. And they even gave, like, of Arimathea. So it's like, you know exactly where his town is. You go there. Is there a Joseph from here that's a member of the Sanhedrin? And his hometown, everyone would have been like, yeah, we know that guy. He's our hometown boy, man. He's on the Sanhedrin. Mm-hmm. He's a rich man. Yeah, we all know him. You know, it's like you, you can't just create characters like that in the first century um, and not expect to get caught. So there's so many elements like that that would have been so easily refuted and laughed at in the first century. Um, but they weren't. And all they could do was kill the people because they didn't like their message, you know. And so I, I trust their testimony. And I do think it's good news. I don't see good news in other religions. Really? No. How? 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 What's good in Buddhism life is suffering and if I work really hard I can uh, and deny all these desires um, I can 
no longer exist. Or if I want to go some other route, I can wait for Fat Laughing Buddha to come back and usher us into some sort of paradise where we get to be fat, drink, and be merry. No, yeah, I, I guess that's good. Buddhism, I think it comes, it's not much of a non-existing in the same sense that, as it's said, like, you're not existing, you are existing, but you're existing more in... You wouldn't know you're existing. Exactly. You exist, but you don't know it. And it's a present uh, kind of existing, yeah. existing now. And that's that, that wonderful yeah. fine line between the past and the future mm-hmm. where you're here. And that's, that's where the inherent suffering comes from, is the fact that you can think into the future of the things that you're striving and suffering for to become or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking into the past of all the things that you can regret um, and yeah. the, the things that you could have done differently. But that's where that suffering comes from, is those two um, versions of existing for yourself. You, you either exist in the past as something that you, you wish you didn't, or, or you're in the future existing as something that uh, you wish you were, and that causes the suffering. But if you exist in that now, in the right now, you aren't suffering. You, you, you are. You just are. Um, that's the, that, that mainly is the Buddhist faith. And that's not yeah. something that I have to, um, I guess, faith my way into or believe in. It's, it's more, it, try it out. Go meditate for a second. You'll, you'll see and understand more or less what the what Buddhism is uh, speaking about. Um, yeah. And and Hinduism, it's, a lot of it's just a. Uh, They're similar. It's um more of an explanation of the natural world. I mean, even the three the three deities that they have. You know, if there's something that creates, it preserves, and then it's destroyed. I mean, that that's. It's life itself. You create something. Yeah. You have your maintenance people come in and try to fix it, and then eventually you, it's, it hits a point where fixing it is no the longer possible. is for recreation. And it, yeah, and it is recreated, and he keeps that cycle going. It's continuously recycled. But I don't think any of them, in their own, are better than or less than one another. There's specific truths each one of them possess. Um, and I guess the only way to find it, since you're not the eternal king and you can see it all, is going through the motions with it. Um, uh, as you get older, as you continue experiencing, you can you can then kind of empirically put things together. And I think uh, in religion, there, it's that same idea where if, if they're all saying one thing and, hey, this is true, but this is also true here, and it's also true here, it's like, all right, focus on it let's reduce some of the the um some of what's been added on I, I, like just remove the semantics remove the sacrifices remove these ideas the framing that that has been put on and then look at it for what it is without you know removing too much of what it is that it, it, it's no longer you know the same message mm-hmm. if you will but it's like it's the you reduce it for what it is and that's what i mean with jesus it's like you take away the idea that he was a false prophet, that he was a prophet, that he was a son of God. Take all those away. And what is Jesus? Okay, Jesus was a real person. Jesus was uh, a historical figure. Different things for yeah. different people. But what is true in that situation, what I what I can say I know is true, is that Jesus is real. Yeah, but so I, making any other um, 
You don't even know if he claimed to be God. Yeah, anything. You know anything. Any of that, it doesn't matter. I know he was a real person. And from the Bible, I'm good either way. It doesn't matter, I guess, what I believe. So you're good to be in hell forever, consciously, suffering? Even the idea of, of, of hell, I don't think, is can, could be understood by humans as they are now, living and doing what we do. Um, I agree. Uh, hell could be a com- completely different situation. That's you right. can grasp that it is not good for eternity. Only you get if you, that. Only if you make it not good for eternity. But it's not good because God said it's not good. Eternal punishment. God's eternal wrath upon you. Um, that's if again, if that's if you take the words at what they are. Now, if you want to cut everything out, then you're making it something than what it is, which is what you essentially did. Like Jesus claiming to be God, you just cut that out because you don't know that He said that. Apparently, no, I don't think you do either. I do because the people that walked with Him wrote it. Yeah, I mean, anyone can write anything. Though. There's nothing that stops you from like writing. I said they died for it. They have Judah a good, didn't. They have a, they have a good or testimony. Judas. He died before the resurrection. But he didn't die for that reason. He, no, he, he died before the resurrection. He renounced God, or Jesus. Yeah, he died before the resurrection. Right. but So he, he didn't get to see Christ back from the dead. But he, he was one to renounce. He didn't die for the message. Right. Exactly. So that's my, that's not, my point. Really he, didn't, he didn't die for the message. He said, no, no, this isn't true. I don't he died before it. the message was even given. The resurrection wasn't given. They were... I believe he was asked three times before a rooster. That's Peter. He denied him those three times. Peter did. Okay, there you go. Then and then Peter, Peter though, was around after the resurrection, and then he uh, he repented. He turned uh, turned and said, "Jesus, re- Jesus restored him." He said, "Peter, feed my sheep." Peter did until he died, until he was put on a cross upside down by his choosing. Now that may be more tradition. Give, I'll, give, I'll give you that. But there's no competing tradition that Peter died. But the tradition is that he died upside down because he said he didn't want to die the same. He wasn't worthy of dying the same method as his Lord. Hmm. It's pretty fascinating. But we know Peter suffered from what we have written, like historically. We, we do know that. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, no. I mean, for me, spe- uh, speculating. On certain things, doesn't doesn't seem to better my world currently. Yeah. Well. Or or anything, but there there are some things. So what were you hoping to get out of this conversation? If were you thinking you would get something besides speculation? Not uh, a different perspective. Different perspective. A practicing uh, pastor. Okay. Um, right on. I don't. I'm not gonna. Walk, oh, you're wrong. You're wrong. I've seen that. I definitely see that. Yeah, I, I'm I not mean, you've said I'm you 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 have said I'm wrong. Or you're just you're not doing it in any malicious way. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I wouldn't Which I'm say. I'm not either. Yeah, there's no. I'm not saying that. Oh, you're wrong. Your beliefs are stupid. They don't make any sense. No, you didn't say that. It's more of just you know, I, I don't believe that, more or less. Certain things I do believe. Um, some things I don't. Um, the creation of the world, I don't know could be evolution could be god but there's not much not much point in, in speculating yeah. on the whole thing because i'm not there i'm here and yeah and what helps 
now will help later. Um, yeah. Well, you have read the Bible then, I take it. Yeah. It seems like you know a whole lot about it. Um, yeah. So I would say it's not a speculation. If you want to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, you're, you're getting biographies from people that were eyewitnesses or wrote based on eyewitness testimony. And so to me, it's not a speculation. I agree with you. Anyone can claim to be an eyewitness, but oftentimes they get refuted. It gets pretty obvious when you read it, take it face value. They gave many specific details. That's not something you do when you're lying, especially when you're writing. Contemporary, you know, they're writing with their contemporaries. All the details they were giving about this town, this place, this time, by this gate in the city, by this pool, with this name in Aramaic, in case you're a Greek speaker and you want to go there. Like, it's like very detailed. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it's stuff that anyone living then could have easily refuted. We got no refutation surviving at all in history. Anyone with power and authority could have refuted it. No one could refute it. All they could do was kill them and shut them up. And that didn't work because the Roman Empire became Christian in about three centuries. Yeah. So to me, I look at it and I go, man, this is this is good news. And it lets me know God is a God of love. And that even though there's a lot of... It also it helps me understand why there is so much good in the world. He's also a God of vengeance. Yeah. And wrath. Yeah. And many things. Yeah. Very much just yeah. everything. He's mm-hmm. the God of everything at the yep. end of it. And so you just heard me and Andy Rasman have a conversation about how certain religions are um, wrong and that certain religions are right. In his case, Christianity being the right one and all the other ones not being the, the correct one. Um I'd love to hear your thoughts about it. Um, best way to contact me. You see my name up there, Sayogi Soma. Just type that into Instagram and you should be able to find me. I'm the guy with the crazy hair. All right. Um, but yeah, that's what you heard today. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, peace and shalom. Also, <laughs> not all my episodes are going to be about, you know, religion and spiritual stuff. I'll do other things as well for the less uh the less interested, the more the more exoteric of the bunch. <laughs> but um yeah, oh I, I definitely hope you enjoyed listening. I know I did. I just finished listening to the whole hour. Um it's kinda crazy. And if you're still listening to me, well thank you. Golly gosh. This was episode two of Cursed with the Gap. I gotta get a cool intro for that. Um, but yeah, or extra. Intro, outro. There you go. Y'all have a nice night. Or day. Whenever you're listening to this. It's nighttime where I'm at.